0: We're listening to the Flip My Funnel podcast, a daily podcast dedicated to helping B2B marketing, sales, and customer success professionals become masters of their craft. It's Friday, so this is our hashtag one hero episode. In these episodes, we highlight and celebrate a blog post and contributor from our community and discuss topics surrounding sales, marketing, and customer success. Here we go.
1: and welcome back to the Flip My Funnel podcast. My name is Caitlin Lutz, and I'm so excited today because we have Derek Grant. He's the VP of Sales at Sales Loft and an ABME winner.
0: Whoa, you're talking about you're excited. I'm excited. I'm excited to be here. This is incredible. What a great event. I mean, this space is incredible. Flip My Funnel is going to be huge in Boston. It's very, very cool, and I'm honored to be here.
1: Well, we're so grateful to have you here. So, Derek, last night... One an ABME for best sales leader, sales leader of the year. So congratulations, Derek. Thank
0: you very much. That was a, a great cast of people who were involved in the race with me. And so I was very, very honored. You know, I will say that as the sales leader of the team that has great sales and marketing alignment, marketing made me look really, really good on that. And I'm just really honored to have won.
1: Yeah. Well, I mean, we would love to get into that. And you know, this podcast, this episode is really around what makes a great sales leader and for all the leaders out there, just in general and leadership roles, how can you be a better leader? So my first question is what are the qualities of a great sales leader?
0: I think there's a certain amount of doggedness that's necessary for any great sales leader. They have to be a, particularly in a startup, you have to believe that you can win regardless of the odds optimism. One of our values at Sales Loft is glass half full. Mm. And I say that I'm glass half full, except in pipeline reviews, <laughs> uh, because I know I need to punch holes in the deals. I need to tell them why the deal is not going to close so they can, can shore up those uh, gaps and tell me why it is. And I, I think there's a great servant leadership aspect to it as well. You know, you will rarely hear me say anyone works for me because the fact that the truth is a great leader works for them. And so, you know, I've been blessed with a great team and I've been blessed with just sort of doggedness through the years. And I've been blessed with a, a good outlook on, on taking over the world. And so I, I think those are things that are really core in the DNA of a, of a great sales leader.
1: Yeah, absolutely. So, you know, those are the qualities of a great sales leader. What are the mistakes that you've made? Because in order to be a great leader, you have to make mistakes because, you know, you won't learn from them. So, Is,
0: is this a three-hour podcast? <laughs> How long do I have to talk about all the times I've screwed up? I'll tell you, my, my very first management job, I didn't understand the people who I was working with and I, it resulted yeah. in me ultimately getting fired. So whenever I first started at Sales Loft, one of the things that I did, the learning from that experience was to go in and ask people all about them and to understand what mattered to them. And I think there's something to be said for that. You know, it's, it's power, prestige, it's flexibility, it's money. Those are the things that sort of drive people. And so I think better understanding and tapping into what it is that people people are really interested in is, is really, really important. So that, not understanding your people is definitely a mistake that I've made. Not being tuned in on the numbers, I think that's one. I can tell you that at, at different times in the career, I've definitely been hyper-focused on the numbers, and then there have been times where I have, uh, have taken my eye off the ball to do other things. And I can tell you that, that not paying attention to the number is the, the quickest way to be able to find yourself in a hole. I can tell you that whenever I was at Salesforce, not ramping quickly enough relative mm-hmm. to, to hiring. I mean, you know, you think about high velocity inside selling; it's all about butts and seats. It's butts and seats, and it is how quickly can you get them effective? And I had a great team, and uh, there was a story that that I can share with Adam Butzer, who's now the the GM of Sales Cloud and Service Cloud at, mm-hmm. at uh, Pardot. I remember making the number after we got acquired by Salesforce, and was sort of happy with myself. And Adam said you missed the hiring goal and so we're gonna miss next quarter. And I can mm-hmm. tell you that that having that level of focus on making sure you have the right number of people, uh, productive and ready to go is super, super important. Jeez, I mean I, I it's it's hard to even you know, I think your mind protects you from a lot of the mistakes that you made, all the things that you've done that are dumb, but yeah but I can tell you those are three that really stand mm-hmm. out as being ones that, that if I could do them over again, I think my life would be different. But I'm, I'm glad I had the mistakes. I was actually, we did a second half kickoff at Sales Loft on Wednesday as we got into our Q3. Mm-hmm. And one of the things we talked about was the idea of change. And I can tell you that, that those stories of, of me screwing up, if not for those, then I don't do things like meet my wife. I don't do things like move to Atlanta. I don't do things right. like wind up at Sales Loft. And so even though the mistakes are, are hard and they hurt in the moment, there is something to be said for going through them, and they really get you to ultimately where you're supposed to go, even if you don't necessarily realize it at the time.
1: Absolutely. So you guys are obviously doing ABM at SalesLoft. So what are some of the, the qualities of a really successful, you know, sales and marketing alignment and ABM team? And also, what are some of the, you know, maybe I can ask this question again, but what <laughs> are some of the mistakes that you Have made when you know trying to align your teams or do ABM, and how have you learned from that?
0: Sales and marketing alignment is like talking about sex in high school. A lot of people (laughs) talking about it, very few people actually doing it. And so, you know, it's it's really hard. I think everybody wants sales and marketing to be on the same page, but they their feud is older than than cats and dogs, quite honestly. And I can share with you that we were blessed with just an exceptional marketing leader in, in Kevin O'Malley, and he's incredible. And there were times where I was not necessarily doing the things that marketing needed me to do. And I will tell you that he held me to great account in a very good way. You know, He is a, is a dear friend, a wonderful colleague. But I, I think there's a point where marketing needs to have the opportunity to call sales on the, on the carpet. And so Kevin kept me very honest, very accountable. As we think about our account-based strategy, we had our, our target account list, our COM one, two, one through three. Whenever he didn't feel the right number were being worked, it would be a note to me, it'd be a note to other people involved, all the stakeholders, to be able to refocus us on what's important, which is working targeting, target accounts that, that are already being warmed up by marketing. Marketing is running all these cycles behind the scenes. They're using Terminus. They're retargeting. They're sending direct mail. doing all these different things. And if, if we're not doing our end of the equation, which is reaching out, calling, emailing, trying to penetrate the account... That's a huge miss and it's a giant waste of resources. And so I, I feel like he had a great level of accountability to the company. Just, you know, he felt deeply about how resources were being used. And so that was one of the things that led to great sales marketing alignment for us was he just held me accountable. He was basically my workout buddy. You know, it's one of those things where it wasn't always fun. I didn't always want to go to the gym and he, he kept me very, very accountable. But I, I think also there's great programs that are being run. I, one of the things that, was, uh, that marketing always did was, they would bring us in into the fold on programs like our Great Journey campaign, our direct mail campaign, which which won some awards. They would ask what we thought, who we thought it should go to. They took our inputs on target accounts and which ones fell into our commercial one, which is our upper one percent of the accounts, all the way through com three. They allowed us to be able to move things in and out. They were very collaborative on the list build. And so I can tell you that marketing's been a great partner and that's why it is easier to have a level of alignment with them because right. they just they have really brought us into the fold. It's, we didn't get something from marketing. We worked jointly on something from marketing. I think that mm-hmm. was it's something that's, that's really important. I can tell you the mistakes made on ABM, oh, the, the dark <laughs> days. Go, man, I Man, I, is it still just a short podcast? It's not a three- yeah. or four-hour podcast? Oh, <laughs> Unfortunately, not. That is the worst. Good. We would love to hear. I will tell you that, and I was having this conversation with the sales leader the other day, going account-based is hard on the sales side. I think mm-hmm. it's easier on the marketing side because there's great technology. You've got just, there's a great amount of expertise. You've got Terminus, you've got, you know, EverStream, you've got mm-hmm. Lean Data, you've got all these great technology partners out there. But on the sales side, we moved from a greenfield marketing, prospecting process to an account-based process. Yeah. And I can tell you that we really struggled for the first quarter because we were trying to run account-based plays on accounts that were too small. Yeah. And there wasn't enough information on them. So we gave marketing the list and we said, run, you know, run run programs and ads against all these things. And they did, but then we'd try and personalize an email and there was no information on them. We'd try and and, and find multiple stakeholders in the business that we could use to get our message heard and there were only a couple. And so one of the challenges we went from a a quota of thirty meetings a month in a greenfield marketplace and a lead based to a quota of fifteen, which everybody missed as we started to to turn that corner in an account based world. And it wasn't what marketing was doing. We had a flawed strategy. And so it was very, very difficult for us to keep the team together. We lost some people. I think people lost faith. You know, they literally had gone from doubling this number to now doing less than half of it. Right. And so the thing I would share as a mistake that was made is it is hard. It, it is, you're, you're being targeted, you're being focused and it doesn't always go super well. And I, I think the important thing is remember why you did it. Mm-hmm. It's keep the faith. And it's continued pushing. I can tell you that now, a year and a half later, those seem like very dark days, but they were very necessary. But now Mm -hmm. it seems like we have a really good feel for it. But anybody who says they're making the switch, it it isn't going to happen overnight. It's just be realistic about that. And if you'll be realistic about that, then then really good things will happen for you in the long term.
1: Yeah. So how does marketing get buy-in from sales? Because it's hard to say, you know, we're going to be doing account-based marketing and, oh, by the way, we're going to cut your account list in half. That's right. That's right. So, you know, what, what do you say to your sales team when you, you know, we're trying to get buy-in and saying, remember why we're doing this, what would you remember?
0: You know, something we say in sales is, is sell the benefits. And so I think marketers can sell the benefit of account-based because really it is, it is a force multiplier. It is people knowing about you, and not having your sales team have to knock the door. That's really the power of it. Right. And so I think that if marketers were to go out and say to sales, we are going to take this account, or, sorry, cutting, you can still work other accounts, but know that we are going to be in these with you. Mm. And you can either choose to knock on a door who doesn't know us, or you can choose to knock on one that we've actively been working. I think if you can just get sales to see it in that way, you know, I, I read somewhere that Efficiency is intelligent laziness. I think most <laughs> salespeople are super efficient. And so if you can tell them that these accounts will be easier to get into because account, uh, marketing is running programs on them,
1: right.
0: I feel like they will. And so one thing I would say is, is get the buy-in, though. Account-based shouldn't be something that happens to sales. Mm-hmm. But if you told your sales leader that these accounts will be much more ready to engage after a little bit of work with marketing, I think they would spend time focusing their efforts there.
1: Yeah. Okay. So, Derek, every Friday we try to do a fun fact for whoever the guest is. So, please, what is your fun fact? Well,
0: you know, we were talking earlier about uh, your family's travels when you were were much younger, and so I guess a fun fact is that my very first job in sales, I had a 13 state territory in the Midwest, and so because of that, plus traveling, I did as a software trainer, plus mm-hmm. traveling recreationally, plus professionally. I've been to 43 states. How many have you been to?
1: I have been to, I think, 41. Good Lord, all right, so I won. You won. I won, and I also won sales leader of the
0: year. This is awesome. I'm like on a winning streak. I'm on a hot streak right now. So uh, I had the opportunity, and I would say, a lot of those states you don't want to go to. That's the important part. No one's Not like, man, there. man, North Dakota, you did I it. I
1: can't wait to go to Montana. I know you,
0: I know you guys have great, uh, great <laughs> readership and great, uh, great da- subscriber base in North Dakota. So I'm sorry, North Dakota, I do love you. But I would say that, yeah, so, uh, so you get to go to that number of states by, by being forced into a territory where a lot of people don't want to go and a lot of states that people fly over. But it sure was a lot of fun to get to do that. So that's, that's my great. fun fact.
1: That's awesome. So the last question that I have for you in this podcast is what advice would you give to others in sales management, but just sales, you know, in leadership roles in general?
0: I would say as it relates specifically to account-based, it's trust. There was a, a guy at Exact Target; his name was Les Greaves, and he was this old Sage Yoda type of dude there. And when we got acquired in at Pardot, he's, he told us one day just in passing to always assume goodwill. And so as you think about Going account-based, when your marketing team comes to you with this and you don't know about it because you know traditional territory design or you know traditional you know kick-the-door-in sort of go-to-market strategies, assume that they are there to help. Don't necessarily greet the idea of account-based with suspicion, but rather one of of a warm embrace and at least be open to the idea because I can tell you it's fundamentally changed our business. It's changed our – we've seen our ACV go up. We've seen win rates go up. We've seen uh, our our ability to to penetrate 15 out of 100 accounts on any given month. And so it it really does change the game because you've got everyone working together. But because it may not be something that the sales leader knows, I would say greet it with open arms. I think that's a really important piece. And then from just an an overall, what I would say to, to aspiring sales leaders is do it for all the right reasons. We just had a young man that we promoted up. Into a management position from a rep perspective. And I think if people go into leadership not to be in control, but rather to serve, Mm -hmm. then there's so many great things that can happen for them. I can share with you that my life is truly better. I I will have lived a more complete life because of the people that I get to work with. And and it's because I've had the opportunity to help them. And I will tell you that, that they have always returned it in spades. The book Men are from Mars and women are from Venus has the idea of the emotional bank account. And I think any good leader needs to invest in daily in their people. They need to put a little bit in the, the bank account, just a little something here, a little something there. It can be a nice comment. It can be recognizing them for a job well done. It can be grabbing them for launch. It, it it really doesn't matter. It's it's truly making an investment in them. Because there's gonna come a time where you're going to need to make a withdrawal, whether that is is calling them out publicly in a meeting, whether that is is knocking them out of the way at a demo so that you can actually do it because you see that they're really letting it get loose, mm-hmm. whatever it may be. And so you just continue to invest, continue to, to be good to people. And then when you do have to, to make a withdrawal, you won't find yourself bankrupt or overdrawn. That is probably the, the single most important secret to, to management success that I've ever figured out. And so you know, I, I think that it's, it's something that we can all do. It doesn't cost anything to be nice. But it can really return multiples of of the effort you put in.
1: Yeah, and I can really see that from the way that your team talks about you. Even on Twitter, as you were winning your ABME (laughs) last night, you know they'd speak super highly of you. And yeah, so congratulations again on the Best Sales Leader Award ABME, and thank you so much for coming on the show.
0: Absolutely, I enjoy being here and looking forward to a great conference.